Good morning, everybody. Thanks, all four of you. You guys know how to make a guy feel really confident as he gets up here. Everybody doing okay? Thanks, man, me and you. It's going to have to be the day it looks like, so you're stuck with me. Um, I'm excited uh, about bringing the message always. Um, love to preach, love to uh, trust God, but I realize I haven't done this for a while, so my nerves are kicking in a little bit, so um, you may, uh, that's why I got, it's a, it's a two-bottle day today, so um, it's one of those days, so definitely keep me in your prayers, and um, we'll see what God can do in spite of me. How's that? So um, one of the things that we need to make sure we let everyone know, um, Erica's mom did pass away. Um, the funeral will be Saturday at 2 in Campbellsville. And as we get noise, I almost say as we get noise, as we get news, we'll try to let you know what's going on and what's happening so you can be aware. And um, let's just pray for Erica and her family and for those kids as they say bye to a grandma. And so um, let's lift them up right now. Father, thanks. Lord, I just pray for uh, Jeff and his family and for Erica. And um, I just ask God that you take care of their family as they mourn, as they grieve as they uh, trust you and um, lean on you, Father. May we uh, know that that's the only source of any peace that we can get in this world. May we uh, hold on to it. May we find it. May we search for it. May we pray for our friends today that they find peace in the midst of everything going on in this time. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray and all God's people say, amen. So today I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And so... uh, as I was kind of trying to figure out kind of what I wanted to talk about today, um, I, I guess the thing that I really kind of want to share from my heart is kind of what I went through this summer. Some of you um, know, some of you don't. It's been one of those summers. Anybody ever have one of those summers? Yeah, usually it's just a week, right? I, I've had a summer. I'm hoping it's not the whole year at this point. So we're just kind of um, hoping it won't be the whole year. But it's been definitely one of those summers. I uh, my poor wife, I don't know how she's put up with me like she has. I'm very glad that she has as she rolls her eyes as I talk right now because um, she's like, you need to shut up. Okay, moving right along, she, uh, she put up with me a lot this summer because um, I kept having one health, health thing after another. And so as I kind of wanted to talk this morning, I kind of want to talk about how God got me through the summer, and it's still getting me through. And so um, we're going to be reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Let's stand and let's read the word together. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all, all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from our from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my very prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about you all because I have you in my heart. And you are partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may may approve the things that are superior and that may be pure and blameless in the days of Christ." filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen and amen. You may be seated. A.W. Pink is a, favor, is a famous author, and he said this, prayer is not, as, is not so much an act as it is an attitude, an attitude of dependency dependency on God. So my question to you as we kind of dive into this text today is, how are you doing on your dependency of God? Do you depend on him in all things, or are you just kind of most of the time? Sometimes. Not as often as I want to. I wish I was doing better. Dave, you have no idea. We've all been there. We have those situations in our life. I've been there. This summer was one of those challenging times for me, and I had to kind of rethink things and reevaluate 
where my faith was and realized that my faith can only be in one place, and that's truly trust in Jesus. Now, that sounds easy, doesn't it? It's really hard to do when you know that you don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know some of the things going on. Some of you might know what happened. Um, uh, I went to, <laughs> we went to Orlando, and, um, which is the first mistake right there. Um, we took our kids to Orlando, and um, I'd been sick for a couple weeks, and Amy told me we shouldn't go, but I'm like, I feel great. Let's go. <laughs> she rolled her eyes at me. It's a theme. And um, so we take off, and we're down in Orlando, and um, we're down there for the first day. The second day, I wake up, and I can't get out of bed. And I told Amy, I, I said, I, I'm having a hard time getting up. She said, um, well, what's wrong? I said, I, I don't know, but I'm fine. Because that's usually what I say. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I just can't get out of bed yet. Just give me a second. And then again and again, I couldn't get up. So she called the ambulance, which was I didn't want to do. I tried to talk her out of it. <laughs> I'm glad she did. Um, they took me to the hospital. They found out that um, I was five quarts low on blood. <laughs> I thought that was funnier than you guys did. Okay. Apparently, I did not have the amount of blood that you are supposed to have to um, make it through this world. And um, I was really low. Um, I think you're supposed to have like a 14 to 15. I had like a five. And so it wasn't good. And um, the next thing I know, I'm in the ICU and um, we're spending vacation in the hospital. Woohoo! I'm like, are you kidding? I'm poor kids, man. It was just a rough time because we had so many things we wanted to get accomplished. And are we going to the beach? And the beach is my happy place. And I didn't get any of that done. But during that season, I learned what it looks like to, to pray, to have dependency on God. Now, it started off with, God, just fix this. Anybody ever had that prayer? God, just fix it. Please get it over with. I just need to be fixed right now. Just take care of it. And sometimes God says, no. I don't like that answer. Anybody else? Sometimes God says, wait on me. Sometimes God says, you need to be dependent on me first. And so during that time, I learned what it looked like to work on getting more dependent on God. I worked on what it looked like to truly take the scripture that we talked about this morning and apply it. See, our goal when we preach up here is to bring the scripture and put it into practical application. How can I live the word of God out? Because as Christians, that's our goal, right? How do I walk, talk, live, breathe, eat, drink, live Jesus? I said live twice because it's really important. How do I do that in everything I do? How do people see Jesus in my testimony, in my talk, in my behavior, in the way I treat each other? So if you've come in here this morning and you go, I do okay, then I love you, but shame on you. We got to do better. We got to work harder and harder in our life so people see Jesus in everything we do. So during this season, there's some things that happened to me that I realized that I had to get perspective on. And the first thing was, um, I realized that I'm grateful for the people in my life. I'm grateful for my church family. Man, I'm so glad you guys put up with me on Sunday. Sometimes I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad. I'm thankful that we're doing this life together and that we can laugh and smile and tell jokes and talk about the best restaurants because I need to know as many as I can. We can just be there for one another. I'm grateful for people to say, Dave, how's, how are you and Jesus? Do you have anybody in your life that does that? How are you and Jesus doing? How's it going? How's your walk? How's your talk? How's your living for him? Me too. I want to cry as well sometimes. It's just the nature of where we live sometimes. Philippians 1.3 says this, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. See, Paul starts right off in the beginning and says, um, when I think of, of my church family, I thank God. We need to do that. We need to be grateful people that are thankful um, for church, for living in a country where we can praise the name of Jesus, where we can sing songs like there's honey in the rock and really believe that he's going to provide for us in ways we never dreamed of or even could imagine. Aren't you glad God provides today? But do people know that in your day, in your week, in your walk, in your talk? Do people see that you're happy that Jesus has got you up today? Anybody else? After this summer, man, I'm glad Jesus got me up. Some days I'm just glad I'm able to walk and talk and be able, and sometimes I'm not even good at that, but I try. And that I have a family and a church family that I can depend on and that I can talk to. So 
here's some things that I thank God for. I thank God for my family, for my wife and for my kids, even my teenagers. That's a lot of prayer right there. I'm grateful because pretty much all we have is teenagers now, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a wife that loves me in spite of me. I'm thankful for a, um, a family that, that uh, listens to me even when I don't always make sense. I'm thankful for my church family. Man, I love this church. I'm so grateful that you guys build around me and smile at me and give me a hug sometimes when I need it or cry through a sermon. I'm not talking to you, little buddy. We all need it. It's all good. I think we should laugh together. Some of, there's more of you that have wanted to cry in one sermon than just the little guy over there, and that's okay. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful that I, I have friends that love Jesus, and we can talk about where I am. How many of you have a friend that can come up to you and say, where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with your relationship? How are you and God doing? How are things going? Do you have friends like that? Do you have people you trust that will love you even though you're not lovely? I know this shocks you, but sometimes we're unlovely. Can I get an amen? I would have thought that the wives would have been a lot louder on that one, but they weren't. But we are. Sometimes we're pretty unlovely, and we need to realize um, what God does. Philippians 1.5 says this, I thank God for the help you gave me. That's something that, that as I look back on what I went through this summer, I can't help but start thanking him in so many ways. Um, there was a, a, a minute I wasn't sure I was going to even get back here for a second. There was a, a minute I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. Um, there were moments when I felt uncertainty and I felt um, nervous. And I thought, man. And you know what God showed me in that time? I wasn't relying on him. I wasn't giving him the glory. I wasn't thanking him. I wasn't showing people that he is my all in all. He's my everything. Listen, if he's not your everything today, I want to challenge you. You've missed the boat because he has to be everything. He has to be why you wake up and why you go to sleep. He has to be why you can sit down and thank him for a meal, but also why you can just go to church this morning. It can't be about the people that you go be with. That's nice. That's fellowship. That's good. But the reason that we come in this place has nothing to do with any of us or Jeff or anything else. It has to do with Jesus Christ loves me so much that he died on a cross and he gave me not just a second chance, but a 185th chance. And all God's people say... Man, you've got to believe that because if you don't believe that, you've missed the boat. If you don't believe that, then you forgot what this Christianity thing is all about. It's about us being those who follow Christ. And think how Christ treated people. Think how Christ loved people. Are you doing that? In Philippians, it says that you are to have an attitude that of Christ Jesus. So if I was to ask you today, how's your attitude, what would you say? Mm. It's okay compared to Bill's. I'm just picking on you, Bill. It's okay compared to, you know, some people. But, but really, how's my attitude with Jesus? How's my attitude with those that, how many of you know someone that, that you don't like? Anybody in here? <laughs> Me and two kids. That's great. And Randy. I should have knew Randy was going to raise my Anybody else? All right. There, you know, Wayne Smith, one of my preachers, he used to always say, if God ever allows me to hate, I got my list picked out. No, I thought that was good. Yeah. But he doesn't, and he won't. And the thing that we have to understand is we need to be thankful for, for even those people that kind of rub us the wrong way because God can use them in your life if you allow them to, uh, to have that blessing and not that hindrance. Sometimes we allow people to get under our last nerve. Anybody do that? I, I love you, but we miss it. Randy's doing a double wave at me. Good. I think we all have those moments where we let people um, get under our skin instead of letting Jesus be in our heart. If Jesus is in my heart, then me and Jesus can conquer anything. You see, we can't just say that. This can't be something. I, that's something I had to live out all summer. And there were days that I was good at it, and there's days I'm getting better, and there's days when I'm just not there yet. I got to strive towards it every day to really say, Jesus, you are the central focus of everything I want to do today. I want to show my kids how to live. And you know how to do that? It's for me to live for Jesus. When they see me looking at Jesus, then they can look at me looking at Jesus, and then we're all headed the right direction. 
Philippians 1.4 says this, I always pray for you. I make my request with a heart full of joy. Man, there's a lot just in that little, little statement right there. Paul's saying, first, thing, first things first, I, I pray for you. This church in Philippi, he's saying, I'm praying for you. But he, he goes a step farther. He goes, not only am I praying for you, I make my request with a heart full of joy. Have you ever noticed sometimes we're not happy prayers? Seriously, sometimes we pray just because we have to or because, well, we feel sad or because something's not going the way we want it to go. Instead of praying with a heart full of joy, praying with, God, I'm so glad that you gave this life to me. And I'm so glad that I get to be here. I think sometimes we're like, God, why do I have to put up with these people? Right? Don't tell me you guys don't have people get on your last nerve because you're lying in church and we can't do that. We all have people that get on our last nerve. Those are the people we need to learn how to love even more. Those are the people we got to work at. Now, I'm afraid of even preaching that today because you know what's going to happen all week, right? He's going to put those people in my path, right? Pray for me right now. But my reality is this. If I pray and I have a heart full of joy, then I understand what it looks like to truly live for Jesus. So how do you have a heart full of joy? You realize what Jesus has already done for you. Can I tell you what my Jesus did for me this summer? He let me get back up. He let me walk. He got me back to Lexington and, even more importantly, Winchester. Amen. He reminded me of the people that love me, that checks on me, that cares about me. Man, my Jesus gave me a heart full of joy, and I didn't even realize it was happening. The more I, I look and see my family, I love being here at church on Sunday. When I mess, I mess you all. I mess you with all my heart because we're a family. And church family, we're, we're in it together. How many of you ever had that one family member, that aunt, we'll just call it an aunt, that you just, you love but you don't like? Anybody got that aunt? You know, we have some of those in our church. Some of them's the ministers before you right now. But even in that, you got to learn to love us because we got to love each other. And that means we got to learn to get along. I had one friend tell me you need to get along or get along. <laughs> it's kind of a good way of putting about it. Listen, I've got to get along with each other, even though I may not always like some of the things that happens. I don't like, how many of you know someone you don't like? Me and one kid, and the rest of you, I'm preaching on lying in the, next, in the future. <laughs> Here it is. We all have people that we struggle with. Those are the people we got to learn to love even more. we gotta, we got to do everything in our power to show them the love of Jesus. So how do I pray? How do I pray with everything that's in me? Number one, I pray for those in my life to find happiness. Whether it's in my church, whether it's my family, wherever people are brought together, I pray that you find happiness. And happiness can only come from one place, and that's heaven. That's Jesus. Anything else falls short. When I understand that I can have happiness in Jesus Christ, that I want that for you as well. I pray that, that you will strive to see what God can do even in your life. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Stop right there. I pray with everything that I have, with all that is in my being, that, that your love may abound, that you can love each other. How many of you, if God ever gave you a chance to hate, you already got your list picked out? Just me and him. All right. Again, lion next week. The reality is this, and this is what we have to understand. We have to realize that if love is going to abound, it means that we have to love people that we don't always like. That's hard, right? And the only way I can do that is Jesus, because Jesus loves me even though I'm unlovely, even though I'm a mess, even though there's things in my life that I don't always have right, he still loves me with everything in fact, he loved me so much that he died for me. He didn't even give me a second chance. He gave me, he gave me a 187th chance. And I still need it every day. We all do. More and more in knowledge and depth of insight. When was the last time you prayed, God, help me think like you? Help me see people through your eyes, God. Because you know if we look through his eyes, you know how we see people? 
with love. Even it hurt with hurt sometimes. And the way we are and the mess that we are. If you ever doubt your, your mess, then just talk to me because I'm sure we can all figure it out. We're all a mess. We've all fallen short of the glory of Christ. That's the scripture. And when I fall short, the best thing to do is let Jesus pick me up. It's the only thing I got. So that you may be able to discern what is best. So stop. The only way I can discern what is best in my life is to let love abound more and more, and knowledge and depth of insight. That means I need the word of God. I need the knowledge of what Jesus did. Look how Jesus loved people. You know that you know that some of those people had to get on his last nerves. He's Jesus. Maybe not, right? They would have got on your last nerve. They would have got on my last nerve. But Jesus came to die for those that got on his last nerve. (laughs) Even if that can happen with Jesus, who knows? I don't think it can because he loves us that much. If we could just, oh, man, open up and really see what the love of Jesus looks like, it would change everything. You wouldn't have doubts. You, wouldn't have, you would be ready to rock and roll. You'd be ready to love on people and take care of people. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. So what's the way to do that is to make sure that love is abounding. It means loving people that are sometimes, how many of you know someone you don't like? Again, just me and the kids and Randy. (laughs) The reality is we all have people that get on our last nerve. God's called you to love them. God's called you not only to love them, but to minister to them, to show them Jesus, to show them who he is able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. Man, I want to have the fruits. I want to have self-control. I want to have all the different things that are, are there, and I want people to see love and kindness. And I want people to see that not only in the way I treat them, but in the way I live my life out loud. But you know the best test is to see how you do it with your kids. I have good days and bad days. My kids could probably get up here and give testimony, not always the best days. So could your kids, by the way. The reality is, though, even in that, our goal still should be this, is that we are filled with the, fruits, with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. So the only way to be pure and blameless until the day of Christ is to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from who? Okay, I got you. It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. When we realize that everything we have has to go through him and because of him, then we can do this last part to the glory and praise of God. I don't know about you guys, but when I was singing um, Honey in the Rock, I went to a place that sometimes I don't like going. I'm just going to be honest. It was being in that bed at that hospital because I played that song over and over and over. And all of a sudden, I realized in the middle of, of, of listening to that song, and I'm not kidding, 50 times, maybe more, I understood that God's going to provide. I just got to let him. Are you letting God provide for your hurts, for your hang-ups, for your mess-ups, for all the stuff that you fall short? I'm just going to tell you, we all fall short of the glory of God. That's the scripture. And the best way to get yourself back up is to give God the glory and praise. Are you praising him? You know, I sometimes don't understand when people say they they don't like singing in church because one of the best things we can do is sing to Jesus. It's worship. And that might not be your gift. Most of you have heard me sing. It's not my gift, but it's my heart. And let me explain that, because when I sing to my Jesus, I'm letting everything that's in here, the good, the bad, and the ugly, go to him, because he needs it all. And there's a lot more bad and ugly than there is good sometimes. And I give it to him, and I, in doing that, give him the glory and praise. So how do I pray for each other? How do I pray for my family? How do I pray for my kids? How do I pray for for you all? Number one, we need to also, or number two, pray that they grow in love. That's a tough one because sometimes this world doesn't teach that. 
I don't think we understand what true love looks like unless we look to Jesus Christ for our true love. He sacrificed everything. He gave it all up. He gave me, again, chance after chance after chance. Verse 9, that your love will grow more and more. So the next question I'm going to ask today is, how are you loving Jesus? Is it growing and growing or growing, or is it diminishing, diminishing, diminishing? Is it doing the right direction, or is it going the wrong direction? And if it's going the wrong direction, here's the good news. You can change it. You might need to get up here and get to that altar today and say, God, I need to change my behavior. God, I'm a mess. I've screwed up. I um, haven't had the right attitude. I haven't been the best husband. I haven't been the best wife. I haven't been the best dad. God, I need you right now to help me. And you know what Jesus does? He shows up every time. Let him show up for you today. Be transparent with him. You know, one of the things I've noticed in our society, we do not like transparency. We want to fake through everything. But we have to be honest and blunt on where we are. I'm a mess. I am a teetotal mess. But I have a Messiah, you like the way I did that, that loves me in spite of me. Man, I'm grateful for that. I pray that um, they grow in love. I also pray that... um, especially when I pray for my kids, that they make the right choices. I pray that for my family. I pray that for my church. I pray that for all of us. Heck, I pray that for myself. Verses 9 and 10, that you will fully know and understand how to make the right choices. That's the um, a different English version, but I like it because we need to understand and know what it looks like to make the right choices. Can I tell you what the right choice is? If I had somebody on the back, on the drums right now, I'd have them give me a drum roll. The right choice is simply this, Jesus. He's my right choice. You, you wonder how, it's gonna, how you're going to get your finances figured out? Jesus. You want to know how your life is just so messed up, you're going to get it figured out? Jesus. I mean, I could do this over and over and over because it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Being in a place where I was this summer, I realized the only hope I have is Jesus Christ. Whether I leave tomorrow or whether I leave in 10 years from now or 15, it doesn't matter. As long as I know that Jesus is the center point of everything I do, then it makes sense. Next thing, pray that um, we live a life of integrity. Verse 10, that you may live pure and blameless lives until Christ returns. That's hard, right? I don't know about you guys. I read that, and I'm just like, oh, how do you do that? There's only one answer. I think I gave it to you a few minutes ago. Jesus. The only way that I can really live pure and blameless is because of what Jesus did for me. When was the last time that you just had that joy? How many of you remember the first time you accepted Jesus? I'll never forget, 1986, um, Windy Gap, North Carolina, I was at a camp, and I remember being there at this camp, and this guy just, he gave a gospel message like I'd never heard before. I was 16 years old, and I, and I went somewhere by myself, and I just said, Jesus, I, I want you in my life. I can't even begin to tell you how I need to go back to that mountain sometimes. How I need to go there and be reminded. Some of you need to go back to that first time when you accepted Jesus and be reminded of why you did it. And why you should have done it is because of what he does for you. He loves us in spite of us. He loves us even though we're messes, even though we're, we have issues, even though we have all kinds of stuff. He loves us. He loves us. Even though we don't always treat each other right. He still loves us. Make the right choices. Live a life of integrity. Grow in love. And this next one's a big one. Pray that they live like Jesus. When you have kids in your life, when you have your your kids or or whatever the situation is, you learn how to pray this more and more. I pray my kids live like Jesus. Sometimes I feel like they're doing good. Sometimes I don't feel like any of us are doing that good. That's what I want them to do. I want them to 
live like Jesus. You know, the only way that that's going to happen is when they see me do it. You want your kids to be good Christians? Start at your house doing it. Start with your family. Start with those you love. Start with those who you don't like very much. Show them what it means to live like Jesus. Verse 11, that you may be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Do you have that righteousness? It's a fancy word we use in church, and it simply means this, right living. When I have righteousness, I'm living right for Jesus. I'm sharing it with people that needs to hear it. I'm loving people that I don't always like. How many of you know someone you don't like? Me and the kids. There's a theme today. But the reality is we all have people that get on our last nerve. That's who you need to love even more. That's who you need to pray for even more. You need to ask God to show up so you can help them and that you can show them what it looks like to, uh, to have a Savior. Because here's the thing that I don't think we live like. I don't see the church living like we're, we're saved, like we have a home in heaven. You know, we've got the car. We've got the ticket. Let's take advantage of it and show people what it looks like to have that. I mean, let's start showing people. Man, I got hope. Not only do I have hope, I have not only a second chance, but a 185th chance. I've got my Jesus. So that's why I can do Galatians 5, 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is, you guys know it, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I get to the second one and I stop. Whew. Sometimes I don't even make it to the first one. The fruit of the Spirit is love. One of the things that I think the church can always do better, not just our church, but the church in general, we don't love each other. We're worried about what this church believes and what that church. Just worry about what you believe. And when you believe what you believe, show people the love of Jesus in your life and watch what happens. Show someone the grace that you had when you first accepted Jesus. I'll never forget that mountaintop because it was literally a mountaintop. And I realized that not only was I going to give my life to him, it was going to change everything. I knew I had to go back home. My dad was a bartender. And I had to tell him, Dad, I've accepted Jesus. You know what my dad did? I thought he'd be, I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. He hugged me and said, I'm so proud of you. And fast forward about 10, 5, 10 years after that, I baptized him. Not because of anything good in me, but because he saw me living like Jesus for the most part. (laughs) For the most part. That's what happens. That's what we can do when we have that fruit of the Spirit. Not just love, but joy. Have you ever noticed some of the saddest people are Christians sometimes? We all act like we've been baptized in vinegar. Seriously. We're just like, wah, you know? And uh, as a preacher, Jeff and I, sometimes you want to just tell people, quit whining. You've got a second chance. You've got the glory that has given you not everything, but everything. You got my Jesus. He gave you all of it and more. You get heaven and all God's people say. See, that needs to be something that we got to get fired up about. I can have joy because I get heaven. You should be smiling this morning. Yeah, is life hard? Yeah, it is. Are people mean? Absolutely. Are they usually just your own kids? Never mind. But Yes, it's all that, th- that stuff and more. But if I truly have Jesus, I can show people love and show people joy. You know, a church that I want to be a part of is a, joy, is a church that's smiling, that loves each other in spite of each other because we're all a mess, that takes care of each other, that looks out for one another. God gives us all these different chances. We've got a great chance coming up with Jeff and Erica this week. Let's love on them. Let's show them that we have that fruit of the Spirit that is joy and love. May we show them. But not only that, peace. 
It took a while when I was in the hospital. I'm going to be very transparent. I felt sorry for myself. Anybody ever feel sorry for yourself? I did. I was like, I had the old whiny thing going on really good. I'm like, I've done everything for you, and why am I going through this? Anybody ever do that? Just me and, and you. Okay, three of us. So I'll just preach to you three for a second. Here's the thing. When I realize that I have not just love, but not just joy, but peace, I realize that I have a home in heaven. What if I didn't make it out of the hospital? Amy would kill me, but I knew where I was going. I knew who, who loved me, even though I was a whiny mess. I know that even in my whiny messiness, he loves me. He cares for me. He did everything so that I might have life. And the scripture says abundant life. Can I ask you this? Are you living abundantly for Christ? I mean, do people see that abundant living in your walk, talk, and the way you treat them, and the way you smile, and the way you laugh, and the way you love each other? If they don't, it's time to change. Maybe you need to get up here and pray with somebody. Maybe you need to get on your knees and say, God, I got to get better at this. Maybe you need to get up here and say, God, I'm sorry. I forgot how good you were. I forgot how awesome you are. I forgot how much you love me and how many chances you've given me. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's a fun one, isn't it? Patience. How many of you have ever prayed for patience? Don't, right? That's a Pain for patience, patience means that you have to have things to be patient about, right? Uh-oh, right? That's the truth. And patience is, is not always fun. It means you've got to wait. How many of you like waiting? Heck, we don't like waiting for uh, a light to change, much more for life. Sometimes you've got to wait on God. Sometimes you've got to trust him in the in-between. But if we truly have the fruit of the Spirit, then we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How you doing with that one? It, here's the thing, and I think everyone will agree with me to a degree. Kindness, I'm really good with, with those people that really it doesn't matter. And let me explain. It's those who, you know, they don't know me that well, so I can be really kind to them, but they don't see the Dave that is, you know, that Dave. But I need to be kind to those that will see me every day. I want to be more kind to my children. I want to be more kind to my wife. I want to be more kind to my church family. I want to show kindness in ways that I never thought I could. And the only way to do that is to have the fruit of Jesus. His fruit allows that to happen. His kindness, it's just, it comes right out of him. He did all these things for us. He showed you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He showed you goodness. Goodness is when you realize that you're going to be good no matter what. If you want to test that theory, try a diet for five minutes. It's hard sometimes to be good when you know you have to be good. But if you love Jesus, we need to work at that. I got to tell you, sometimes the church isn't very good at being good. We're mean to each other. We don't look out for one another. We don't laugh together. The church needs to be better at being good. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. It's knowing that no matter what happens, my faith is enough. I had to come to that conclusion. And I remember it took a few days in that hospital. I remember there was one nurse, she'd come in, and... Um, I almost was confident she was praying for me. And so one day I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just dealing, honey. I said, what are you dealing with? She goes, it doesn't matter. Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. What are you dealing with? And so every time she came in, I said, what are you dealing with? And then it finally got to a point where she's like, I'm just trying to learn how to trust God. And I went, oh, do you know who I am? I was like so excited. I was like, this is good. I was like, I'm a minister. She bailed on me. No, I'm kidding. She said, with what you're going through, how can you say that God's good? 
Because this isn't my home. It's not my home. I think sometimes the church is living like this is their home and our home's in heaven. You wonder what's wrong with the church today? They forgot where they belong. We belong to a God that loves us. It's not only given us a second chance, but 187th chance. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Gentleness. Sometimes the church can be really harsh. I don't like that. I want to show people what it looks like to, li- to live these, this spirit, this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. I want to be gentle. Um, if you really want to know if you're gentle or not, just watch what a kid does. If they run up to you like that, you're being gentle. If they run away from you, well, there you go. Show gentleness. Show love. And show self-control. So, next thing. Philippians 1.6 says this, I am confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Next point, God is not done with me. I had to come to that conclusion. And it took me a minute because I think sometimes I was living like you might have been. I didn't mean to. It's just kind of you go through the motions. And at some point when I was going through all this, I'm like, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. He's not done with me. That means I've got to show people what it looks like to truly love Jesus till he comes back for me. I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Listen, if you don't hear anything else I've said today, I've said a lot, so I'm sorry. But hear this. No matter what you've gone through or what you're going through, if you love Jesus, he'll get you through it. He'll carry it on to completion. He'll help you. Sometimes he'll even hold your hand. Some of you are struggling with finances right now. Some of you are struggling with health right now. Some of you are struggling with attitude right now. Some of your kids are struggling with attitude. I'm just making sure you're listening. We all have issue or issues. And the reality is, if we love Jesus, we got to know he's going he's gonna to get us through it. Philippians 1.7, it is right for me to feel this way about you all since I have a heart, since I have you in my heart. When you realize that God's not done with you, then you have a church family that can, that can love each other and help. Sometimes we get offended when somebody goes, how are you doing? Because our, our, our question is, what do they know? Right? When someone says, how are you doing? You're thinking, oh, what, what, what did they hear? Instead of saying, not great. <laughs> we don't like it when people are real like that. But the truth is, we got to be honest. We're a church family. So if someone comes up to you and you ask them, expect an answer and listen for it. Hear what they have to say. And if they say they don't, here's one of the best things that the church doesn't do enough. Grab their hands and pray. Give a hug. Give a fist bump if you're not comfortable with hugs. Show them how incredible your Jesus is. Let them see that. Next thing, love the people in my life like Jesus. And how does, people, how does Jesus love the people in my life? He died for them. Philippians 1.8, God is my witness that I tell the truth when I say that my deep love for you all comes from the heart of Christ himself. The only way that we can love each other is when we do it in the way that Jesus loves us. And how does Jesus love you? He sacrificed. He gave it all up. He not only died, he put up with us. You ever think about that? The Son of God came down here and put up with people. How many of you ever have people get on your last nerves? You know sometimes he, got, he had to get tired of our whining and complaining. But he loves us so much that he did it, that he went through it, that he still does it. He cares for you so much you don't even know. Can I tell you how much he cares for you? He died for you. He loves you. I love it. 
when I get to uh, sometimes get involved with children's church. Have you ever heard someone in children's church sing? I mean, these kids yell. They're singing with everything. They, they might not even be getting the words right, but who cares? They're giving everything they got. Have you ever seen how we worship sometimes? We, again, look like we've been baptized in vinegar. We're a sad excuse for the church. You ever think Jesus sometimes just wants to come over and just say, hey, get your head on. I love you. I died for you. Now live like it. Stand up. Walk. Watch what I can do. Philippians 1.8. God is my witness that I tell you the truth when I say that my deep love for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. The only way that we can love each other is when we look at each other through the eyes of Christ. See, that's it. If you didn't hear anything else today, hear that. The only way that I can put up with David Lane, no, I mean, with, I'm just kidding, Dave. Only way David Lane can put up with David Scaff is to do that with the eyes of Christ, with the love of Christ. When we do that, it will change the church. You think, you, you think we, we have growth problems now? Wait, if we truly did this. We couldn't be able to keep it enough. There would be fields full of people trying to find this, this good thing that we have. The problem is sometimes the church doesn't love with that deep love because the only place it comes from is Jesus. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what real love is. Christ gave his life for us. So then... We ought to, so we then ought to give our lives for others. Heck, we have a hard time just doing the little things, much more giving our life up for each other. We need to take care of one another. It's, you know, one of my, my favorite things is, you guys are, are going to laugh at me a little bit, but I like going to the farmer's market. I do. It's weird, but I like it. You know what I like is when I see somebody from church, or usually Andy's down there, and he's like, Dave, and like, Andy. And it's like I've got that bond because we're, we're family. And you know why we're family? Because we do church together. The church sometimes isn't family because we aren't really doing church together. We don't realize what it looks like to be here together. You know what? If someone hurts, you should hurt too. If you see someone at the altar today, pray for them. Maybe right where you are, get on your knees and lift them up. We need to love each other. We need to take care of each other. This is what we know. This is what real love is. I remember uh, being in the hospital, and there was one nurse that was a Christian, and um, she said that she asked me, because you ever get mad at God? I kind of looked at her. I said, is this a loaded question? She says, of course it is. I said, Yeah. She goes, what do you do with that? I'm like, oh, no, man. She's going to preach to me right here. I just had a bunch of blood loss. Be nice to me. And she said, uh, do you trust him? I said, yeah, do you? She said, yeah. She goes, he's going to get you through this. I don't know if she knew. She saw my chart, so she probably knew what was going on. But I believed it. When was the last time you went to somebody and said, God's going to get you through this? Man, I know you're hurt. I know what you're going through. Ben, God's going to get you through this. Andy, God's going to get you through this. Annie, God's going to get you through this. And all God's people say, because you know how he's going to get us through this? With this church family that we have, with this joy that we have, with this incredible kindness that he's given us. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you've got, there's honey in the rock. And think about that. I love that worship song because this is what it does for me. It reminds me that God provides even honey in a rock. Some of you have rocks that you don't even want to talk about. You don't think we know about it, but here's the good news. We don't, but God does. You have things that you've done that you've really messed up with. Get up here. Pray with somebody. Let somebody pray for you. There's honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock. He provides. See, the, the, the most powerful part about that song for me was that God provided even when I didn't even realize he was providing it. 
He brought every nurse that saw me during that season, and there were a lot. He brought everything together. He brought a church family that loved me, that prayed over me. There's honey in the rock. We need each other. It's the only way we're going to do church right. Take care of each other. Look after one another. Be there for each other. Smile for Pete's sake. Hug each other. Give fist bumps if you don't hug. But be the church. I bet. I shouldn't bet in church, but... If I did, there's somebody in the church right now that's hurting and needs to get up here. Pray for them. As we pray for them. And if you see them up here, put your hands towards them and pray for them. Pray for you because it might even be you. Get real with God and watch how he gets real with you. Watch how he not only gives you a second chance, but a 197th chance. Man, I love my Jesus. I'm so thankful that he, he puts up with me. Today, let's, let's love each other like he loves us. And let's ask him to help us to be better people because we want to be people who loves Jesus. Stand with me and pray. Heavenly Father, you know all things. And you know, Father, there are are people in this church right now that are hurting, that are tired, that are overwhelmed, that are frustrated. May they know that you provide honey even in a rock, Lord. You can get us through anything and everything if we just let you. May we be a church that prays for each other, that's willing to get on our knees, that's even willing to get uncomfortable if it means that, Lord, so we can draw closer to you. May we be a people that if we need to go forward and lay something at your altar, may we do that, Father. I thank you for my family here, Lord, my church family that we can come together. I thank you for the season I went through, Lord, because even in all of it, you are faithful. You love us in spite of us, Lord, and we're a mess. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the way that he loves me the way that he died for me, the way that he came back for me, the way that I get to see him in heaven. And we get to be there as a church family loving him. And we get that, Father. May we strive for that. May we realize that the only goal that we need to have in this world is Jesus Christ. He needs to be our goal in everything that we say, in everything that we do, how we live, how we walk, how we talk, how we treat each other. May we live for you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray and all God's people say.